Today's scripture reading is from Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge, and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Jeremy. Hey, good morning. Uh, My name is Matt Avery. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Welcome this morning. Um, How many of y'all went to CMA Fest? (laughs) Just curious. Hey, Lonnie, I know you. I'm glad to see you. Welcome. Hey, um, okay, we're going to get back to that in a second. I'm going to pray for us first. Father, we come to you this morning hungry, hungry, hungry. We are hungry people. Lord, we are starving for what we cannot give ourselves. Our lives are, are a hunt for this thing that we... Maybe don't know what it is, and we are, we are looking everywhere with hope and with desire to be filled and to be changed. And Father, we believe that this, when we are in our right minds, when we are sober, that this is where we find what we're looking for. This is where we find who we're looking for. And so we pray as we come to you this morning, as we unpack your word, as we worship you, that you would give us yourself. You would give us what we are so, so desperately hungry for. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would open our ears and our eyes. Lord, that you would silence the, the voices that would keep us distracted in this time. That you would bless us. And ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, okay, so CMA Fest. How, if you went, how was it? I think CMA Fest is all right. How many of y'all are, is anybody going to Bonnaroo this week? One? <laughs> One. Hey, have fun, man. Um, my, my first experience getting to see a music festival was, I was doing study abroad in college in the UK, and we went to Scotland. We went to Edinburgh for a weekend. And leading up to that trip, Coldplay was my favorite band at the time. I was so, so, so desperate to see them in Europe. I knew they were going to be touring Europe. And so I looked everywhere. Tickets were sold out everywhere. Couldn't find them. Couldn't uh, see a show while I was there. And so we went to Edinburgh just to see Edinburgh. And um, we were at this pub one night on our last night there. And my friend was pointing at the other side of this wall. And he said, come look at this. And it's the sign for Tea in the Park. There's a beer called Tenant's Beer. And they sponsored a huge music festival in Scotland called Tea in the Park. And it said, Sunday night headliner Coldplay. And he was like, I'll stay with you if you want to go. And I was like, yes, definitely. So we stayed. And, uh, and I'm going to unpack that story in a little bit. Um, but what we're doing this week is this is the start of our summer sermon series. Uh, we're, we're done with Exodus and we're moving into a series that we're calling The Way of Wisdom. And it's going to be a study of the books of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes sort of mashed up on top of each other. And 
I want to ask you to just think about what do you hear, what do you think about when you hear the word wisdom? When I say wisdom, what comes to your mind? And, and how do you, what does wisdom look like to you? How do you think you come across wisdom? How do you acquire wisdom? I think if, you're, if you are like most people, um, my first instinct as well, um, there's a temptation to link this idea of wisdom too closely with gathering and synthesizing information. Um, it's just a, an acquiring of more information, of more knowledge. If I can just read enough blogs and attend the right schools, um, start moving in this direction of, of acquiring knowledge, acquiring information. Um, there is a piece of that. That's certainly a part of wisdom, but that is nowhere near the whole thing. And so what I, what I want to suggest to you this morning is um, wisdom is more like the experience of a music festival than it is just information download or reading a book or attending a class. Um, why do I say that? Because wisdom is not knowledge or information acquisition. Wisdom is life transformation. Wisdom is someone and something happening to you that changes you and transforms you and unlocks a, a feast of the senses, something that you were not able to see, you were not able to understand before. And so as we, we are here in this first week of our new series in this text, the series as a whole, this text in particular, is an invitation from God um, through Solomon to a feast of the senses. It is a free and open invitation to acquire wisdom from the only source from which we can acquire wisdom and to be transformed uh, by what happens there. Um, it is a free invitation. It's offered to anyone who hears it. So you have received this invitation now because you have heard this passage read. But there's something interesting here that um, there's a catch that we wouldn't necessarily expect is that the way into this feast of the senses, the way into this transformation is, is actually fear. Um, Solomon is saying you, you have to be afraid in order to get into this banquet that I'm inviting you to. And so what I want to look at this morning is first just to read the invitation. This is, this is my invitation to the banquet. Did you guys? Okay, so first, no, don't worry. God didn't send me this invitation. You didn't miss out. Um, it's just an invitation to a wedding. Um, I want to read the invitation. What is this invitation from Solomon? What is he inviting us into? And then why is, why is fear the way in, and then why is fear the, the whole thing? Why is fear the feast of the senses that he is calling us to enjoy? And so first, these first six verses, um, this is the invitation. This is reading the invitation that God's given us. Uh, it's from Solomon. Who is he? Who, who is this guy? Why is he qualified to invite us to something like this? So I'm just going to read real quick from 1 Kings 3, 29 through 34. It says this, God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore. He was wiser than all other men and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. 
The people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. So if you think about it like this, Solomon was like a, a mashup of like Warren Buffett and Stephen Hawking and Tim Keller. And it also says that he wrote like a thousand and five songs. So whoever you want to throw in for the sort of on the artistic side, but God had given Solomon a breadth of understanding and wisdom beyond, it says, any human who had ever lived. And so this is who's inviting us. And this uh, book of Proverbs was originally put together for the sons of nobility who would serve in the king's court. So this was like elite um, training and education. This was an elite experience that uh, was being offered to only a select few, and now it's being offered to you. And so what is, what is Solomon inviting us to? If you look at these first six verses and you really unpack these words and, and all their meanings, they're not, there's a way in which you could read through these first six verses and just kind of plow through them and not really see anything that sounds all that appealing. Um, but what I want to do is, is unpack these words. And so I've made a list. And here, here's how the invitation would read to us, to our modern ears. And I want you to listen to this list. And I want you to, to ask yourself, is this something that you desire? Is this is an experience that you would desire to be a part of? Solomon is inviting us to this. To learn how to live skillfully in every way. To know how to act or respond in specific situations that come across your path. To have good judgment. To be able to do what is right and just and fair. To be able to see things that you can't see yet. To be able to understand things that you can't understand yet. To receive fatherly counsel from the wisest of counselors to learn the art of living a good and beautiful life, to be able to lead your children and other people in your life who you love very much, to be able to lead them to an abundant life. Um, have I said anything in there that is appealing? So go, going back to my story of trying to go see Coldplay at this Tea in the Park festival, um, that required of us. We, we had to um, miss our class on Monday if we we're gonna stay Sunday night. We didn't have any place to stay. We didn't have tickets. We went, I don't even know if people scout tickets in the UK like they do here. Um, the festival was an hour and a half away uh, in an abandoned airfield. And so you had to buy tickets on a bus to get to the airfield to even see if we would have a chance to buy tickets to get into the festival. Um, so we, we ride out there in faith that we're going to get in and we find literally the one person who was scalping tickets and it was me and one other guy and he had two tickets left and I asked him how much he wanted for him and he quoted a price that was like 50 pounds above all of the money that I had in my wallet. And so my first counter offer was just all the money that I had in my wallet <laughs> And he just thought about it and he said, okay, sure. So we get in, we had bought a box of Nutrigrain bars to live off of and a two liter bottle of water because we wanted to get as close as we could to the stage. 
So we survive a lot of ups and downs of terrible bands and great bands throughout the day. And every time a band would leave, finish a set, we would move closer in. And by the time Coldplay came on the stage, we were totally wiped out, but we were right there. We were right up against the barriers. And it was one of the most amazing shows I'd ever seen. But that night we had to jump the fence in Edinburgh and sleep in a city park. Slash not sleep because I was worried about getting knifed. So we were taking turns <laughs> keeping watch. So we slept a couple hours and then we finished maybe getting a couple hours in the train station and then we headed back to where we were coming from. But um, I tell you that story because I knew that I was going to get to experience Coldplay at Tea in the Park. And that was the, the number one thing I wanted to do in my six weeks over there. And so it was worth it. I, I did everything hoping and believing that this was true to get in and to get this experience. And so that's where we are now. That's where you are now is, is God through Solomon is saying, this is available to you. Um, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you, do you want to continue trying to acquire information and do your best with that information? Or do you want to come in and be transformed? Allow someone outside of yourself to come and transform you and give you these things that you can only receive as a gift. And so you're hearing that and you're thinking, why is this a hard decision? Well, the reason it's a hard decision is because um, we have a problem. We are proud and we can't see and we can't hear. And so that's why moving into the second thing that I want to talk about is um, Solomon says that the way in is fear. You have to be afraid. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And you can, you can that's a synonym for wisdom, the way, that, the way that he's using it here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why? It's like Solomon is meeting you at the gate of this festival and saying, you are welcome to come in as long as you understand that you are a total fool. And nobody wants to hear that. But it's necessary. Why is that necessary? Because fools are proud. It says in verse 7, Solomon understands fools. And he says, fools despise wisdom and instruction. That word despise means to look down on. Fools think that they are above wisdom and above instruction. I don't need any more wisdom. I, I am the standard of wisdom. I don't need instruction. I don't need anyone to correct me. I don't need anyone to lead me to another place. I, I understand things. The way I do things is right. I'm the standard by which things are measured. And because that's where we are, we have to have something outside of ourselves to come and shake that up. Because it's like, it's like walking into a music festival with old headphones duct taped to your head, blaring this. Uh, before we play it, I'm just going to give you all an intro. If you guys were born before the 90s, um, you'll probably recognize this song. Um, if you weren't, allow me to educate you on early 90s R&B. Um, this is a gentleman named Bobby Brown. 
But this is, this is the song of the fool. So I want you to play that. So imagine that. I'm going to ask you to play that one more time. Think about, <laughs> think about going into a music festival to experience this transformative feast of the senses, but you've got these old headphones duct taped to your head, and this is turned up to like 11. So this is all you can hear. So play it again. It's like, hey, oh, you're going to teach me something? I can't speak up. I can't hear because I'm right. I already know everything. What are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to show me? This, I can't hear this music. It's like, this is, this is the life of a fool. And so what, what he's doing here is he's saying, I have to give you a gift. God is saying, I have to give you a gift of taking those headphones off so that you can stop hearing Bobby Brown 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And to think that you are the center of the universe. Because you, you cannot receive, you cannot be transformed when you are living in this echo chamber of I am right, I know everything, no one can tell me what to do, no one can tell me how to live. It's my right to decide what I want to do, how I want to do it. The person who is in that place cannot receive anything. And that's why the fear of the Lord is a gift. When it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, that word beginning is not just like, it's not the first step, and then you check that box and you move on. It's beginning as in, it's, it is the first step, but it's also the chief thing. It is the lenses that you put on to have this transformative experience. It is what you now see everything through, is the fear of the Lord. Um, Proverbs 16.6 says, By the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. And again, what Solomon is saying there is you have to have this transformative experience where you encounter the other, someone who is, is bigger and more powerful than you and strikes fear into your heart. Otherwise, you will not change. Nothing will pull you off of you being your own little God. Um, C.S. Lewis says it like this. In God, you come up against something which is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself. Unless you know God as that, and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, you do not know God at all. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. So when I, I came to faith about halfway through college, and um, there's a, a story that leads up to it, but um, I found myself on my dorm room floor, just on my knees praying and saying, Lord, if you are real, I'm really tired and I'm really lost. 
And I just, you are, you are welcome. You are welcome to, to have my life, to take over, to do what you want to do um, in my life. And I can tell you that what C.S. Lewis says here rings really true for me because God did show up that night and he did speak to me in a very real way. And my first response was fear. And I'm going to explain like why I say that. My first response was fear because I realized something for the first time. One, that God is real. Two, that I can't keep him out of my life. That there's not a door I can close and lock that will keep him out. Um, Three, that he is personal, that he actually knows my name. So I can't hide in a sea of people that he has eyes on my life and that he has purposes for my life. Um, But it doesn't stop there, thankfully. The, The fourth thing I realized in that moment was that he is good and he is beautiful. So when he shows up in his power, when he shows up personally, it is always to bless you. It is always to give you a gift. Somebody described um, the fear of the Lord as sort of an equivalent to, they said they, they got to scuba dive with uh, a gray whale. I don't know where you do that, but this person got to do that. And they talked about how the, this animal was so immense that it could absolutely just crush you anytime it wanted to. But you also knew that it wasn't going to. And it was this strange mix of true fear, fear for your safety, because you knew that you weren't in control, that there was something bigger than you um, that had access to you. But it was fear mixed with this desire, this attraction. It was beautiful. It was awe-inspiring. It was magnificent. And so the way he said it, I thought was a beautiful description of the fear of the Lord. He said, I wanted to run away and move closer at the exact same time. And that, that is what the fear of the Lord is. That is the entrance to this transformation of wisdom that we are being invited into. And it's not just the entrance, it's, it is the feast itself. What do I mean by that? Um, Proverbs 14, 27 says this, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. It is this living thing, but it's not a thing. Um, It's a person. Colossians 2.3 says this, In Christ are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Royalty from all over the world, um, Jesus tells us in the Gospels, would come from, from everywhere and humble themselves before Solomon to receive his wisdom to just have an opportunity to talk with him and to hear from him and to glean from him. And Jesus says, someone greater than Solomon is here. And he was speaking of himself because he is the wisdom of God personified. Wisdom is not a thing, it's a person. And what did wisdom do? Um, We are all fools. We, We have all chosen to live um, out of touch with reality. And, um, and I want to show you this quote because I think it's, um, it's really powerful. We, um, when, we, when we live like we are the standard, um, there's something in us that tells us that 
Even when we pretend like we believe that, we actually know that that's not true. And uh, there's this beautiful behind-the-curtain access to that that um, author Aldous Huxley has given us in this quote. Um, Aldous Huxley was an author and philosopher. He was widely considered one of the foremost intellectuals of his time. He was nominated for seven Nobel Prizes um, in literature. And, uh, and I, want, I want to show us this quote and read this together. This is what he said. I had motives for not wanting the world to have a meaning and consequently assumed that it had none and was able without any difficulty to find satisfying reasons for this assumption. The philosopher who finds no meaning in the world is not concerned exclusively with a problem in pure metaphysics. And this is the part I want us to pay attention to. He is also concerned to prove that there is no valid reason why he personally should not do as he wants to do. For myself, as no doubt most of my friends, the philosophy of meaninglessness was essentially an instrument of liberation from a certain system of morality. We objected to the morality because it interfered with our sexual freedom. The supporters of this system claimed that it embodied the meaning, the Christian meaning they insisted of the world. There was one admirably simple method of confuting these people and justifying ourselves in our erotic revolt. We would deny that the world had any meaning, whatever. So this is a choice that in, in one form or fashion we have all made. We have all decided that we are the arbiters of truth. And so this person, wisdom, this person, Jesus, um, what wisdom did was that he made himself like a fool to come and rescue fools so that we could be wise, so that we could spend a life sitting at the feet of wisdom himself, learning to live a, a good and beautiful life in partnership with him. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Christ took our sin, took our rebellion on himself so that we could be washed clean, so that we could be forgiven, so that we can be reconciled to God and we could come in and enjoy for all time this feast of the senses. Um, John 14, 23 says this. Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So he is telling us here why he saved us. He saved us for a deep and intimate fellowship with him that is transformative and that is the end of all the desires that we have ever felt. And he's inviting us to this. He's inviting us to this, period. He's inviting us to this in a special way this summer as we study um, Proverbs. As we look at all these things, and, and he's inviting us to take these things that we look at all the time as we're going to... Walk through, I hate this microphone. Um, the way we think about money, the way we think about work, the way that we think about our emotions, the way that we think about our relationships. And Jesus is inviting us this summer to come and sit with him and, and watch him transform the way that we think about those things and the way that we think about ourselves in relationship to those things. And so two things I want to ask you um, to do this summer as we start this journey um, one is, is I would ask you to accept this invitation. And here's, here's a specific way that I ask you to do that. Um, 
I would ask that you consider making this uh, the summer that you enroll in the School of Proverbs with Jesus. Um, consider taking the book of Proverbs and maybe reading a chapter a day for this summer and just sitting with Jesus in what you read there. Um, one idea of how to do that is just to, to read through a chapter and find the one thing that is sticking out and is grabbing your attention and asking the Lord to show you why and asking him to explain what that means to you. Sitting with that, sitting with that as you drive to work, sitting with that as you, as you walk, sitting with that as you, you're alone with your thoughts and asking him to do what you can't do, which is to transform your mind and your heart and your life so that you can understand the gift that he is giving you there. And see what happens if you do that for a summer. The second thing I would ask you to consider is um, if you're not already joining a small group, um, because God tells us in scripture that this happens primarily in the context of community. When we gather around wisdom together as brothers and sisters and we look at that and allow it to look at us and to transform us. Um, and so I'm going to ask Mark Price to come up and, uh, and just share uh, a little bit about um, what God's been doing in their small group this year. And then after Mark shares, I'm going to pray for us.